Being at the helm of a retailer's financials was never an easy task, but especially not now. Retail CFOs are up against an array of challenges in their increasingly strategic roles. But that's not stopping them from putting innovation near the top of their priority list. I'm your host, Jeremiah Barba, and here with me today to talk about what's on the mind of retail CFOs are two experts in the field, Shataz Zaman, Director at KPMG, and Ben Pierce, VP of Sales for Financials, Planning, and Analytics at Workday. Shataz and Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So Shataz and Ben, before we dive in, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your backgrounds? And Shataz, why don't you kick us off? Sure, absolutely. And, and thank you for, for having me today. Shataz Aman, I'm a director with our finance transformation practice at KPMG. I've been with KPMG for about seven years, working with different organizations across consumer and retail, managing disruption, right? working with CFOs and, and finance organizations to help bring automation, optimizing their cost structures, as well as overhauling their service delivery models. So really looking forward to today's discussion. Thank you again for having me on. Awesome. And Ben? Yeah, thanks for having me. Ben Pierce with Workday, um, responsible for our financials, planning, and analytics solutions, primarily for the office of the CFO, but also across our platform here in North America. So I get the pleasure of working with close to a thousand of our customers running financials and about 5,000 customers running planning. That's great. Just a little background as we get started. We recently published a, a joint POV paper with Workday and KPMG and both of you contributed to that. It was called Retail Finance Transformation, Why Businesses Can't Afford to Wait. And for those of you listening, hang on with us, stay tuned. I'll give you an easy way to download that paper at the end, but that's going to be our guiding light for today. So let's jump right in. It's it's late January, 2021. Disruption, we can't just say disruption is a 2020 thing anymore. Not that it ever was, but it surely was a especially disruptive year. Let's talk about how retail is continuing to change as the pandemic continues, particularly what it means for retail CFOs. And Shitaz, why don't you get us started? Disruption has been ongoing, particularly in the retail space. And, and really what we saw in 2020 was how the pandemic really accelerated some of that disruption. There were fundamental changes that, that organizations faced, both from the changing in consumer behavior as well as internal pressures as they began to mount. And specifically for CFOs, a lot of what we saw was, you know, a lot of the age-old challenges remained, but again, COVID being an accelerant really exacerbated the need for a couple things. I mean, I think the first is automation throughout the organization wherever possible. The need to get cleaner, accurate, and more real-time data was even more paramount than ever before, as well as getting a real understanding of how they can manage their cost structure. As we saw Across the board, retail closures are probably at record highs. So, I mean, these are all the complex dynamics that a lot of retail CFOs were already challenged with prior to the pandemic. And 2020 just exacerbated some of these challenges. For sure. Definitely so many changes that, that needed to happen on a quick basis. Ben, anything to add to that? Well, it's interesting to talk to retail CFOs and, and just to be a consumer myself and to see that some businesses are actually doing quite well as consumer patterns have changed. If you think about how much people are at home now and they're stuck in their homes, they can't travel. And so there's been a lot of people that are actually 
investing more money into their homes. And so certain businesses that provide home furnishings, things like that are actually actually kind of picked up at, after things leveled off, kind of gotten to our new normal. And then you think about what people are wearing these days. They're not dressing up in suits anymore. They're not looking for luggage and traveling. They are looking for comfort wear, right? To wear around their house. And so it kind of depends on where you're at in the retail spectrum. And for grocers, which are part of retail, they've had record highs this year in terms of people cooking from home. They're no longer going out to restaurants as much. And so, you know, th- there's definitely been some, I'll, I almost call it winners and losers, but there's been some aspects of retail that have just dramatically changed because of consumer buying patterns. Yeah. And then Ben, if I could just add, I think you're spot on. I mean, there absolutely has been an uneven impact across retail segments. So to your point, right, grocers have experienced historical highs, whereas some of the more traditional, you know, clothing and accessory stores, you know, again, traditional retail, non-food retail have really struggled. And you're really seeing that play out in really interesting ways across the country and across the globe, really. For sure. Yeah. It's just funny. I live in San Francisco and I'm a spoiled city person. I expect everything to be able to be delivered to my house now, (laughs) even more than than before. It's so interesting how that has affected all those different segments of the industry as our lives have changed and will continue to be different for a while. So as the disruption continues, what are some of the vulnerabilities that it has exposed for finance and in particular, how are CFOs working to fix them? And I'll, I'll send it over to Ben first. Well, I think Shataz nailed it in the first question around data, because now that customers are not necessarily in the stores anymore, there's so many different channels that they're interacting with, whether it's phone, mobile, retail. And, and a lot of times it's across those channels to make purchases. It's not just interacting with one channel, but it's actually interacting with multiple channels in order to actually go through a purchase. And all of that data is not necessarily in the hands of the CFO. And then if you can't have that data, you can't really guide the business and help them understand how to pivot and how to move operations in order to address the changes that are happening. And furthermore, you certainly can't then plan off of that information. And with all these different scenarios that are happening, I'm seeing CFOs looking to their teams to say, I need a new plan almost every single week, almost every single month, whereas that planning process used to be a lot more predictable. We're seeing across our customer base, 300x increase in the number of scenarios that they're creating. And that to me is exposing those that don't have those capabilities and don't have access to that data. I think a lot of CFOs that I've talked to are, are really seeing that as, as something that they should have invested in sooner and, and has actually been kind of something that's increased in terms of interest in what they're looking to do. And just kind of adding to that, in the conversations that I've had with my clients and with various CFOs, the agility piece has been the key to those that have been able to navigate these times you know, more successfully than others. You mentioned working across different channels. I mean, the shift from physical to online commerce for for retailers, if you didn't have a robust e-com platform, you're going to struggle. If you look at a back office function like finance, simple things like being able to work virtually and collaborate across teams, being able to close the books virtually. These were things that were in the past quite basic and routine that all of a sudden had CFOs and finance organizations really having to rethink the way that they structure their teams, the way they work across different groups in order to make sure that they're able to meet their commitments, whether it's on a reporting standpoint or even internal internal commitments. I definitely do see some of those vulnerabilities have been exposed. And I go back to that word agility, which is how quickly have they really been able to respond to not just the 
outward pressures from the market, but as well as the internal demands that are expected of finance. I think that's dead on. And just to add to that, some of the stories that I've heard, some CFOs that we've been talking to are just amazing in terms of having to go through that first close process remotely. And I've heard stories of some of them saying that we had to send people back into the office. We had to build special machines for them to take home in order to actually complete some of the processes. I think a lot of people were caught unprepared because they've just never had to go through that. Right. Absolutely. I know they say good things come to those who wait, but in this case, I'm not going to make you wait the whole show before I tell you how to download the Workday and KPMG joint POV that I mentioned earlier. So here it is, workday.com slash retail CFO. Again, that's workday.com slash retail CFO, and you'll be able to download the paper there. So I hope you can check that out. And now let's get you back to the episode. I'm sure that you're hearing some really interesting stories about how agility is playing a part. So as retail CFOs are facing these quick changes, what questions are they asking themselves as they look to the future as my least favorite phrase, but it is accurate, the new normal. And Ben, I'll go back to you on this one. What I think has been interesting as I've talked to CFOs is, is there's been two themes that have come up on the business model front. One is new ways of working with customers and new channels to find customers. And then the second one is on the other end of the business model, which is vertical integration. And a lot of CFOs are looking for ways to develop new partnerships, to potentially have new acquisitions in order to better control their cost model so that as their business is more erratic, it ramps up and down, it's unpredictable, they can have more predictability over their costs by really having more vertical integration in terms of of what's driving their costs. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Shittaz, anything to, to add onto that? What I'll also add there is, I think the other important role that finance has, and we touch on this as well in our in our joint workday KPMG thought leadership piece, finance has a really important role in working with the business to simplify some of the complexity that's going on outside of the business. And Ben touched on this really nicely as well, which is the traditional seasonality that they may have experienced is more or less gone when you have a black swan event such as COVID-19 take place. So a lot of the questions that CFOs I work with are asking themselves is, am I making sense of the data that's available to my people? Are we pulling the right information out quickly enough? Whether it's inventory turn information or other drivers, what else is actually driving our business now? Because to your point, the new normal, while it may seem normal, it is still different than what we've experienced in the past. So how are we making sure we are pulling the right information at the right time that can really help us navigate these next next several months or the next year? To that point on the information piece, I've heard this from a few CFOs that ultimately at the end of the day, what they're responsible for is understanding and ensuring that the financial results are recorded properly, but then interpreting those, right? And I've seen a lot of them take a a more active role in terms of data stewardship beyond the traditional chart of account structure to really understand the operational data and the operational impact to financial results 
because those are really leading indicators as to what's going to happen when it finally hits the books. And it's been interesting to see a couple of CFOs that I've worked with in retail have specifically taken the reins as to say, look, the one source of truth in this organization are the financial reports that we ultimately produce for our investors, for the street, whoever it might be. We need to ensure that everything that flows into those financial reports is ultimately also linked and understandable. I think they're taking that on in a new way that I I hadn't seen prior to this. For sure. Interesting, Shitaz, you mentioned the seasonality and I was working on a piece that was about the holiday shopping season and how it was going to be so different and how traditionally Black Friday, the one big day, and then it seems to continue to get earlier and earlier in the year. And we definitely saw that this year where there were more and more Black Friday type sales that were happening over an earlier period of time. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out into the next few years and how big events like that will change. Absolutely. And I think, you know, where where we're all sitting today, I think it's very difficult to imagine the images and the scenes of past Black Fridays pan out now right. with everything that we've lived over the last couple of months and and, and year. I mean, it brings up a really good point as well, which is I think a lot of consumers and certainly consumers that we've surveyed in our own internal research, you know, a lot of them expect that this pattern of online consumption to continue after the pandemic, whatever that date is. So I do think you will see some of these, these what seems like temporary shifts in, in buying behavior and foot traffic continue on. And I do think that is another fundamental question that a lot of retail businesses will need to address And it goes back to the point we made earlier about having a robust e-commerce platform of some kind, because the traditional brick and mortar experience was already changing prior to 2020. Well, I mean, Jeremiah, just think about what you said on in terms of living in San Francisco and having everything delivered. That is much more of a reality now for everyone across the country and probably mm, for across sure. the, the globe. And think about how many apps you have now on your phone for things like that, whether it's Uber Eats, DoorDash, Shipped, just the expectations of having something not right at your fingertips, but it can be there pretty quickly, right? So why have to go to the store to make a target run? You know, when I can just do everything online and somebody can go shop for me, right? Gives me the opportunity to have three more Zoom calls in a day. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. My wife and I were talking about the other day, like, I don't know if I could go back to a, you know, a, a suburb where traditionally it wasn't as available. But like you said, that it's becoming the reality across the board. So it but definitely is interesting. And what's fascinating is that now that you have all those apps, though, so many more people have been exposed to it, it's probably accelerated the amount of awareness and trials, right, that people have had with these apps. And they're just going to, a lot of them are going to stick and they'll probably be here for the future. And this is sort of a segue question, but I want to hit on it for our our retail audience. Isn't CFO specific, but I just want to ask you both this. And in some ways, this is one of those things that you'll probably look back and, and hear yourself and be like, wow, either I was right or I was way off. In terms of retail in general, what are some of the things that have changed in the last few months that you think will stick? And what are some of the things you think will reverse? Like I've been hearing, will we return with greater vigor to some of the things that we've missed? Or will there be some permanent changes? Maybe Ben, you want to start us off? I'm kind of interested to hear what Shataz says about this one first. Yeah, there we go. Sure, sure. I can start and we can can go back and forth on this one. I think the competitive environment is changing rapidly. Businesses have to innovate faster than ever. We talked about how consumers are changing as well with different needs, expectations, demands, and with that comes power. Some of the changes that I see happening that took effect over the last couple of months, which I certainly expect to continue, 
as we look ahead, which is companies have started to really invest in building up digital capabilities. Some of the CFOs and leaders I've spoken to is this has catapulted them forward in certain ways that you know their organization otherwise wouldn't have acted on. I think the big one that comes to mind is moving to the cloud for your planning and, and ERP systems, right? These are the types of investments that can be very daunting. And I think a lot of my clients certainly have realized is now is actually a very good time to invest and, and take advantage of this while the organization at large is experiencing this change. Now, part of that, of course, it is a balancing act because you do want to minimize the disruption and, and the risk that you're taking on. But we're seeing a lot of activity, market activities, particularly in this area. I'm sure Ben could attest to this as well, where you're seeing more and more clients starting to make some major capital investments and in moving to the cloud. I think that goes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier around the need for data and being agile. But that's a trend I, I expect to see continuing, particularly in the back office. And of course, I mean, there is a front office component to this as well. I'm trying to think of something that has changed that I think will actually go back to the way it was. <laughs> and I can't think of something. I think the the convenience factor of delivery is here. And I, I don't see myself going back to that, you know, shopping just for the fun of it. <laughs> Maybe some people love to shop and they'll shop just for the fun of it. For me, I'd much rather just do it on an app. I think Definitely think that CFOs are leveraging this as an opportunity, but I think it's the ones with a healthy balance sheet because there's other ones that are in pure crisis mode, right? And so the ones that have made smart decisions and that have gotten themselves kind of through this and have a healthy balance sheet are looking at this as an opportunity. But I'm not sure how much of this is going to go back to the way it was. Mm. We'll see. Time will tell. So you, you mentioned, I know there's a section in the, in the POV, particularly around a different approach to enterprise applications. So let's talk a little bit about how retail CFOs are changing their approach to enterprise applications. What's different now than, I guess I would say, in the quote unquote before times? And maybe Shataz, if you want to start us off here. Sure. I think the obvious one is, is cloud. And Ben touched on this really nicely earlier as well, which is how do you get a unified single source of the truth? And then the benefit of these cloud applications, certainly Workday being one of them, is the ability to then integrate other tools and capabilities on top of your planning platform or your core ERP platform. You know, so you're seeing the advent of just more by way of machine learning, analytics, and what we call intelligent forecasting, which is how do you make the actual forecasting process more dynamic? using internal data, using external data, so that you can really inform the way that the business is, is moving. This is the key value proposition that finance can offer to the enterprise if they're able to tap into it effectively. So that's the one that immediately comes to mind. And then I think that's certainly a trend that we'll continue seeing is how do you integrate cloud technology with these other capabilities? Yeah, I would echo that and, and hone in on one word, which is integrate. And if you look at the, the system landscape for a retailer, there's kind of back office and then what I would call their secret sauce. And it's a combination of systems that just don't exist from any one vendor. There's no one vendor that that I've seen so far in any one retailer that I've talked to that is providing all of the systems around point of sale, e-commerce, merchandising, inventory, warehousing. There are so many different things that all come together to provide that customer experience and that unique customer experience where there's certain vendors that 
compete on various different kinds of customer experience, quite frankly. And I know that there are certain retailers I can go to where I can buy something. If I don't like it, I can take it back. That's becoming more and more the norm, but it hasn't always been the norm. And so when you start thinking then about modernizing these systems, integration becomes really key. And a lot of CFOs that I've talked to have said, I no longer need a single suite to do this entire thing. I'm going to put this together in a best of breed way. And finance can then take their own digitization path without having to necessarily be coupled to the the secret sauce and the operations of the business. That's great. Thank you. So let's head into our last question here. A lot of talk about change, agility, and disruption. So let's talk about the role of the retail CFO in particular, anyone who might be listening, experiencing this for themselves. In your perspective, how has the role of the retail CFO changed in the last few years? And how do you see it changing moving forward? We'll go back to you, Ben, on this one. I don't think this is unique to retail. I think this is across the board. I don't think it it depends on industry. And I kind of look at this as similar to a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's a CFO hierarchy of needs. And it's evolved over time. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is always food, water, shelter, self-realization. In the world of finance, it starts with just accounting, right? Getting the actual books closed, getting the transactions processed accurately, reconciled, and producing the financial results. But at the top of that hierarchy is guiding the business with insight. And in order to do that, you can't do that off of just financial statements. That has to be done off of all the information that ultimately drives those financial statements in order to help the business really understand what a change in their behavior will do into a change in financial results. I couldn't agree more. And I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a great framework to think through with this one as well. What it comes down to is CFOs are being asked to do more with essentially less, which again, is not a new trend or a new dynamic. But what is changing is that the tools and the capabilities that are going to be available to them have advanced quickly and will continue to advance. And, you know, the way that I kind of always view this is, you know, the modern finance function, yep, absolutely has to close the books and there's a fiduciary responsibility. I mean, a lot of that is seen as table stakes, but really the value that finance can provide is providing the direction to the business, providing the insights as Ben nicely commented on, as well as working directly with the commercial teams and the supply chain organizations and and other partners across the business and various stakeholders across the business so that they know where to place bets, so they know what we need to invest in. They know really what can they expect when there are unexpected events that may come on the horizon. So, So I think that's a trend that's going to continue for all CFOs. I think another dynamic, and, and you know, we touched on disruption earlier, more from a kind of operational standpoint, but I think another piece that CFOs have to get very actively engaged in relatively quickly is the changing nature of the finance employee. We talked about how consumers are changing. I mean, the same, same applies for the employee base as well. And so a lot of the clients that I work with are taking a very active role in rethinking their talent management strategies, how they go out and and find new talent. Because a lot of the themes that we touched on today, whether it's becoming more digitally enabled, being more agile, using analytics differently, they require a particular skill set. College students are learning about RPA and machine learning, even while they're taking accounting classes. So that's very different. And that's very exciting for CFOs. And it should be very exciting for CFOs and finance leaders. So again, how do you tap into that enormous kind of intellectual capital and and brain power that's coming and making sure that you're able to foster that within your own organization? 
That talent point is something that we haven't talked about yet, but something that has definitely come up time and time again is that to the extent that you can automate those transactions and still do it in a way that adheres to your fiduciary duty, you can now actually free up resources to then focus on those other things. And by the way, those are the jobs that everybody wants to do, right? Nobody goes to business school and comes out and says, I would love to do Excel all the time, or I would love to you know, process accounting transactions. They come out and say, I want to work on the next business case to help figure out a problem and drive, you know, drive revenue growth, change profitability. And so those are the kind of people that the CFO is looking for. And in order to do that, you really have to change your operating model. And a lot of that has to do with the technology that you have. That is great. I just want to say thank you again, Shataz and Ben, for joining me. It has been a pleasure. This has been the Workday Podcast with Shataz Zaman from KPMG and Ben Pierce from Workday. If you didn't get the URL for the joint POV paper that I mentioned earlier in the show, here it is again, workday.com slash retail CFO. Again, that's workday.com slash retail CFO. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Jeremiah Barba, and I hope you have a great workday.